following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. These are 40 days of favor. This is what the uh, biblical understanding is, teshiva, repentance. Repentance is not a sorrowful time. Repentance is a joyful time. Repent, get back on top. Repent, re, again, pent, high place. Get back on top. And so what happens is God comes every year and says, no matter what's put you on the bottom, I'm coming to give you 40 days of favor so you can get back on the top. And so touch three people say, I'm about to get back up on top. Now, I got I to gotta just address this, and then I'll talk about this word. Last week, I preached uh, 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 along those lines, and my main point was, don't let your past identify your future. Don't let your past, quit telling that narrative. Quit telling the used to be former where I was, and start with your words creating a future, not where you were or even where you are, but where you are going. It's Abraham, even though he's barren, and his wife is barren, they can't produce children, he's going around telling everybody, my name's Abraham, which means father of many nations. So this is, I was talking on these lines, and then after service, a lady came up to me who's not part of this church, not part of our leadership. I thought it was very interesting and said, I've been journaling about you for the last seven years. And the Lord wants me to put this in your hands today. That's what she said. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't feel good about it because I don't know you. And then I didn't really feel good about it when she said, a lot of this uh, that you read is going to be offensive. I said, well, I'll let Dan read it because he handles, off- <laughs> he, he handles offense much better than I do. That was my first thought. Come to find out, this same lady had given words, supposedly words, to a couple of our key leaders that weren't from God. And uh, so I took the envelope, and I, th- I just didn't know what to do with it, honestly. And uh, so John Player, who plays bass, and he's one of our leaders, he came back into the, uh, we all dispersed, and I had the envelope with me. He goes back and comes back, and he said, look, I'm not saying, thus says the Lord. He just said, I'm, I'm just telling you, I got my truck, and the Spirit of God fell on me. And here's the thought I had. Why in the world, when you're talking about forgetting the past and moving forward, would anybody want to remind you of the past seven years? Offensive or not offensive. So I didn't read it. I burn it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to tell you last week, if anybody or anything tried to bring up your past or your negative future or anything along those lines, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every word that's been spoken against you in judgment, we break it, we condemn it, and we loose you now from your past season into your future in Jesus' name. Somebody shout yes! Woo! Slap somebody a high five and say, we ain't stopping now. 
Do you feel that break? Now that should be encouraging because the enemy knows. And by the way, this is just, I'm not preaching about this, this is just good information. Nobody has the right to correct you or tear you down unless they've spent a long time building you up. God would give nobody authority in your life to tear you down or correct you even unless they, he's given them to your life for a long season of building you up and strengthening you in the Lord. That gives them, somebody that's been in your life and strengthened you and encouraged you and loves you, they have a God-given right to correct you because they love you and because God put them there. But don't let somebody out of the blue come up and try to bring a correction to your life. You'll get off track quick there. Everybody's got an opinion. Some people said, I'm out of, I told you last week or the week before, right? They said, Kent, you're out of your mind. No, I'm out of your mind. Touch two people say, I'm not letting anybody's opinion stop me in this season. And by the way, just so you know, I do love correction. Because he that's wise loves correction. I just like it in order. Right? I'm surrounded by elders that absolutely have, they speak into my life. Correction, scripturally, theologically, personally, in every area of my life. So I, you know, to the Bible says love correction. And so I do love correction. It's just got to be in order. And I just don't want anybody to infiltrate us and try to tear something down that God's doing. I will not allow that as you pastor here on any level. So. Uh, thank you, ma'am. So 40 days of favor and transformation we're looking at. I want to help us move quickly if I can today on, on, on this journey. This is important that we get an understanding. First of all, I want to revisit the map of transformation that I showed you last week. Can we put that up? If you can't see that, this is a, a map. of I'm calling it the map of transformation. Basically, the lowest level, and this is science, psychology, and spirituality all in one map. So this is not just something I came up with. This is 30 years of study. That basically the lowest level of spiritual life or some call consciousness is on the lowest level, 20 points, is shame. That's a very low level. The highest level, enlightenment, is 1,000. And so in between there you've got guilt, fear, anger, courage, gratitude, joy, peace, enlightenment. And so you can see how you can move down this path. Now here's what's uh, interesting. When you look at that, I, I, I guess the first question we should ask ourselves honestly if we're in a season of repentance is what level are you currently living at? Are you living continually in a cycle of shame and guilt? Or uh, have, you, have you processed past that and gotten into maybe more of a fear and you know, you're kind of maybe moving a bit, but you've kind of got locked in fear and anger? I, I know, I know and, and by the way, some of your parts of your life may be enlightened while others still stay on a low level. So, so it's, this is a multi-layered thing. But I know some areas of my life, my thoughts are continually around fear. And so you just begin to ask yourself, what part of my life 
Where does it fit in in this paradigm, and how do I want to move in this season? And then so you don't know, you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you're at. So we, we don't want to just sit around having great worship services without transformation. So let's get a reality check of where are you currently living, or do you find yourself in fear and anger most of the time, or have you slipped over into courage? In other words, are you starting to take steps of faith and do some things you've never done before? And then is that producing gratitude? And have you slipped over into joy and peace? Right? What, and, and how often are you living there? How much of your day stays in which one of those realms? These are all great questions. But the, here's the powerful point I want to make. Next slide. And that is the 80-20 principle and five-point people. This is staggering information. 80% of society lives below 150 points. 80%. 80% of society live below courage. In somewhere between shame and fear and anger in that realm. Now, if you don't believe that, think about it a minute. The people that you work with, the, your, some of your family members, some of those people around you, and think about people that you know and and how many of them are living in great gratitude and joy and peace all the time? And how many of them are bound more in a fear, anger, that type area? And you can begin to realize this is true. Now, if you don't believe in the 80-20% principle, then here's some staggering statistics. A lot of people don't know this. But everybody celebrates Passover and Resurrection Day when Israel left Egypt. But only, this is absolutely in the Madrash, this is in the Hebraic teachings, only 20% of Israel left Egypt. They didn't all leave. They all had the opportunity. God told them all, put the blood on the door and come out. Now, here's what's interesting. Not all Israel left, but some Egyptians did. That's why it says there was a mixed multitude. That's where the carvers and the artisans came from. They were Egyptians that knew how to work with gold. And so here's what's exciting to me is even the Egyptians who weren't supposed to get out heard something about applying the blood and eating a lamb and getting out. And they said, I don't even know if it's true, but I'm willing, I'm, I don't know where they're going, but I ain't staying in Egypt. I'm going with them. I'm going to tell you something today. I may not know exactly where I'm going, but I ain't staying here. I'm going somewhere else. Touchy neighbor, tell them I'm not staying here. Can you imagine? God says we're going out, going to a promised land. Only 20%. Let me give you a, me give you a, a current day. Only 20% of Christians tithe. Don't you never say we were doing good till then. <laughs> it's just the truth. 20% is 80-20%. 20% of the church does 80% of the work. Touch your neighbor and say, I was doing all right to that one too. But it's the 80-20 principle. Now, I don't know if that will ever change. Maybe not. But you can choose. You want to be in the 80 or you want to be in the 20? The other staggering statistic is 80% of the people over a lifetime only move five points. They stay stuck. 
and never move more than five points. 80-20 principle, five-point people. Touch somebody and say, I am not going to be one of them. Tell them, I am not going to be one of them. So, this is the season where it says, the next slide, the king is in the field. This is that traditional time of year where the king would leave the palace and become accessible to all people. And instead of you trying to, through the royal appointed efforts, get into his presence, he comes into your world. Now, God is accessible anytime, 24-7, 365 days a week. But he is more accessible other times. That's why David said, call upon him while he's near. That's like when I was in Israel visiting, I said, man, I feel the presence of God here. They said, Kent, that's because from the United States, it's long distance. Here, it's a local call. <laughs> but seriously, God, according to his own word, makes himself accessible in certain seasons to help us. So here's what's interesting. Some of you showed up at church this morning, and you don't even know why you came. Some of you hadn't been here in a while or maybe you weren't supposed to come today, but all of a sudden you woke up this morning and thought, you know what, I wasn't really planning on it and I wasn't really thinking about it, but we need to get up and go to Word Alive today. You know why? Because the Spirit of God is reaching out to people saying, don't miss this season that you're in right now. Some people turned online today, they weren't going to watch, but all of a sudden something, they didn't know it was the Spirit prompted them, you got to watch today. Why? The Lord in this season does not want people to miss their opportunity to move exponentially down that map. Move way over past fear and anger and shame and guilt and slip into courage and joy and peace and abundance and enlightenment. So now, touch your neighbor, tell them, now's the time. Psalm 89, 15, we'll stay here just a minute, says... Blessed and happy are the people who know the joyful sound of the trumpet blast. They walk, O oh Lord, in the light and favor of your countenance. My people perish not for sin, for lack of knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And so a lot of people just don't know what time it is. And they don't know what that sound is, hence they don't know how to move. We'll give you a few sounds, see if you know what they are this morning, because most sounds promote movement. Let's hear that first one. All right. Who knows what that sound is? Let's cut it off here. Jet. Train. This little, this young man right there. Huh? A vacuum cleaner. That's a big one. That's a great answer. Tornado. You want me to tell you what it is? That's the sound at the dam when they're releasing the water through. And if you're fishing, you better get your behind back up on the bank because that water's about to come. You know what fish say when they hit concrete? Damn. Anyway... <laughs> You know, there's a dam there. Sorry, Mom. All right. 
Give me another sound. Thank you. Very, very familiar in Alabama. That's a tornado. Tornado one. Batting down the hatch. You know, get in the basement. I remember my dad, we, my dad hated the tornadoes, afraid of them. He, all, every house we lived in, he would dig us a basement because he didn't want us to ever be out of that basement when the tornado was coming. Pastor's wife, who was pastoring us at that time, said, my dad was named Tom, said, well, Tom, I'll just take the Bible and lay it under my head when a tornado comes and just sleep on through it. My dad said, well, I think it says something about wisdom. I use that. Get in the basement when a tornado comes by. <laughs> Give me another sound. Fire alarm. Right? See, you're familiar with these sounds. Give us, give us, give us another one. Car alarm, right? Do you know what you know those sounds? Give me one more. Huh? That's the popo coming after you. I see some of y'all like. How do they know I was here? So you know, see, you're accustomed. You know what these sounds, and they normally promote action. Because you know, see, it's one thing to hear a sound and know a sound. It didn't say blessed are those who hear the sound. It said blessed are those who know the sound. So if you don't know what the sound is, you don't know how to respond. All right, last sound. That's an Israeli blowing the shofar in the morning outside of his house in Israel. What is that sound? <laughs> I'll blow my shofar back at you if you keep that up. What does that sound mean? Blessed are those who know this joyful Number one, it tells me if you hear that sound, it ain't about sadness. It's about joy coming into your life. So touch three people and say, I know this ain't the season to be sad. Tell them that. This ain't the season to be sad. Let's dig into it real quick. Number one, this sound is angels being released. Look at Matthew 24, 31. And he shall send his angels... With a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. When you hear that sound in this season or blow that shofar, you have all right to claim every member of your household to be saved and enter the kingdom of God and have a revelation of who God actually is. That's this season. Angels on assignment. Two. What does that sound mean? Open doors. Look at this. Revelation 1.10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. What did John the Revelator hear on the book on the Isle of Patmos? He heard the shofar. And he said, after I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. 
And the first voice which I heard was that of a sound of trumpet talking with me, with me, which said, come up here and I'll show you great things that are going to happen hereafter. When you hear that sound spiritually this time of year, you know that God is opening doors that may have been shut in a last season. I'm decreeing over you that this is a season where God is opening doors that no man can shut. Spiritual doors, natural doors, financial doors, relational doors, doors of forgiveness, doors of breakthrough, doors of blessings, doors of destiny are opening now. Touch your neighbor say, get ready for an open door in this season. Quickly, the voice of God released in your atmosphere. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was waste and void, and darkness was upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. If you study that out, the Hebraic culture believes that that was the voice of God which was the same voice that when Adam and Eve was in the garden, it said they heard God's voice. It's the same Hebrew word, shofar. It's the blast of God's voice. Let me encourage you. It doesn't matter how dark it looks right now. It doesn't matter what confusion or what void may be in or around your atmosphere. In this season of that sound, God's about to step in and speak into your atmosphere and cause your confusion to become creativity and turn your situation around in this season and going to say in your darkness, let there be light. Let there be clarity. Let there be wisdom. Let there be truth. Let there be anointing in your life in this season. Touch your neighbor and say, we're about to shift your atmosphere. <laughs> you know, I heard somebody talking about this storm that came in, and we, we hate that the victims that were, uh, were uh, lost their lives in damage and property damage, especially in the Caribbean, but... You know what's always amazing to me is to see the relief work that comes. The church and the, and, the, and the culture just rallies and starts immediately going in to make life better for people. I mean, that tells you, I don't necessarily see God the, in the storm, but man, I see God when the boots hit the ground and people are, 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 are rebuilding. But they say one thing the storm does, it sucks a lot of the, the bad stuff out of the atmosphere. See, that blast of God's voice is so powerful, it shakes things loose and then sucks them out of your life to make a clear atmosphere. You get, we call it the fog of war. God moves that fogginess out and gives you great clarity. Let's move on, I get stuck there. Next, what does this sound mean? Walls coming down. It shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout. With a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. This is the season where walls are going to come down. Hindrances, obstacles, those things that the enemy put in your way to try to keep you from a new season, keep you from another place, walls are coming down in your season. Touch somebody behind you this time and say, walls are about to come down in your life in this season. And what's, what's interesting is some of those walls you built. 
walls of offense, walls of unforgiveness. He'll even knock you on the walls you built. He'll knock them down. Let's hear one. Let's see another one. This is a sound that God, it means God's fighting your battles. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd be encouraged if one of you came and said, Ken, I'm standing with you, I'll fight with you. But when God steps in and says, I'm going to fight your battles for you, I promise you there's victory on the other side of that battle. So touch somebody else and say, I know I'm touching you a lot today. But I'm telling you, God is going to fight your battles for you. We'll land here in just a second. This sound is the sound of freedom or jubilee. Here it says in Leviticus, Then you shall cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month of the day of atonement. You shall make the trumpet sound throughout all the land. And you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty or freedom throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his possessions. And each of you shall return to his family. This is a sound that releases a freedom that returns you to possessions and returns you to relationships. When you hear this sound, it's the sound of freedom called Jubilee. See, in that culture, you could be sold into slavery because of debt. So if you couldn't pay your debt, you would have to give up your wife your, or your husband or your children to another, to whoever you were in debt to. You would have to give yourself or your family to them to pay the, to hold them, and they would be laborers in their household until your debt was paid. But on the 50th year, every 50th year, no matter how you'd been gone one year or 49 years, it didn't matter. Every, on the 50th year, throughout the whole land, they would blow the shofar on the sound of jubilee, sound of liberty. Everybody knew that sound. So envision with me, your child or your children, they knew the sound. You grew up understanding it. That's how, you, that's how you gathered. That's how you did ceremonial feast. Everybody knew the sound. So here you are working in slavery. You, don't, you ain't got no wristwatch. You ain't got no calendar hanging on the wall saying it's April. You're, you're in this culture. Thousands of years ago, you're laboring in a field. You're working as a slave laboring under hard conditions, and all of a sudden, well, I promise you, they didn't keep plowing. I promise you, they didn't keep pressing. I promise you, they didn't keep washing. I promise you, they let go where there was, and they headed for home just as fast while they knew their freedom had come. Oh, you better come on now. I'm not, we're not gathering here on these 40 days just to blow a horn for some nonsense. We're telling you what time it is. Jesus has paid your freedom. You don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to stay in your bondage. You don't have to stay in the place you are. You can go free today and now in Jesus' name. Stop somebody high five, tell them I'm getting free today. (laughs) 
Sit down just one more second. We don't have to wait 50 years. We're not living under the law. Jesus has already fulfilled. Jesus is our jubilee. Luke 4 says, the spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus, who stands up in the synagogue, takes Isaiah 61 and reads it. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim that this is the year of God's favor. And he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's he saying? I am the jubilee. Some of you don't realize this, and I don't have time to belabor the point with you this morning. I'm trying to get better at preaching shorter because I've never heard a short, bad message. <laughs> Is that when Jesus died on the cross, and when he ascended to heaven, he ascended with the shout of the trumpet. The Bible says God has gone up with the shout and with the voice of a trumpet. When Jesus paid the price for our salvation, our deliverance, our healing, our sin, died on the cross and rose from the dead, when he ascended into heaven, a shofar blast was released all throughout the spirit realm and he led a procession into heaven. It says he went to hell and preached. How'd you like to have that assignment? Where are you preaching at tomorrow night? Hell? Don't you love Jesus? Man, I love it. He didn't preach. His first message after the resurrection was not the synagogue. His first, re his first message on the cross, he went to hell. That tells me there is no depth so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. There is no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. Because it said he slipped into hell took the keys. It's like one of these movies where, like, where the good guy wins in the end. It says he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Preached to the people in hell. And it says when he marched out of hell, the angels... Thousands. This is all in Psalm 68, if you want to get me biblically correct in it. Psalm 45, Psalm 68, all records it. It says, he ascended with thousands upon thousands of angels, with demons, and Satan himself, who had to march in this march. Because a triumphant march in that culture, not only did the victor have to march in it, but that one that was defeated have to march in it. It says, through the cross, he triumphed over them and made a spectacle of them. So Jesus marched out of hell with the people that had been dead, who, by the way, the Bible records, 
stopped through Jerusalem to say hello to some friends. Now, with that freaky out where Aunt Sarah showed up, been dead about 50 years ago, I'm just passing through with Jesus. I want to say hello. I'll see you in a bit. Marches out of hell into heaven and with the demon and devils and angels, everybody looking, applied his own blood on the mercy seat and became our jubilee. So here's what's interesting. Every year this sound is heard intentionally. How good is God? He didn't have to wait 50 years. Every year. God comes to testify. He says, I want you to blow these horns. Why? I want to remind the devil. I want to remind the demons that have gotten a hold of my people. I want to remind the angels. I want to remind the atmosphere that this thing got handled thousands of years ago. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. So from now on, Anytime you hear the sound of a shofar, it should produce nothing in you but joy and happiness. Knowing what this sound is actually producing in our atmosphere. This is the season we're in. If you stay stuck, it ain't Jesus' fault. If you stay stuck in this season, it's just because you're enjoying stuckness. And, I, and that does happen to some people. You get stuck in sin and it's just so fun. You hadn't experienced the death part of it yet and you just stay there. Good news is next year will come around and you'll be more miserable than you were this year. Good news is you're going to get there. You can get there by revelation or tribulation. I don't know about you. I'd rather get there by revelation than tribulation. So the bottom line is I don't want you to stay stuck in that map in this season. So what area of your life is in that map are you stuck at? Jesus has already paid the price for you to move. See, how do I move? Courage. Courage moves us. What does courage do? Courage causes you to do something that you normally wouldn't do because you're not sure of the outcome. I'm going to pick up that phone today and I refuse to let unforgiveness hold me in this path any longer. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to live here anymore. I am going to quit identifying myself with my addiction because that is not who I am. I may even still struggle in it a while, but that ain't who I am. So I'm going to quit identifying and I'm going to quit telling that story because that's not my story. I'm not a former anything and I'm not an addict forever anything. I am a child of God who might be struggling right now, but I'm not going to be here for long. I'm going somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell Shane, you got to get off my back, Shane. I'm going to tell guilt, you got to get away from me in this season. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.